inside of me I raise a hallelujah I will watch the darkness flee yeah. I raise a hallelujah In the middle of the mystery
can only imagine what it's going to be like when we get to be in that holy of holies and bow down and worship you and to experience your glory and your presence in a way, Father, that we probably never have before. That moment when we get to see you and worship you. God, I just anticipate that and look forward to that. But Father, while we're here in this place on this earth, we have a mission to go, to seek and and help save those who are lost, Father, through your son, Jesus. And God, I pray that we understand that our time is growing shorter and shorter. And Father, that we need to worship you with everything we have. We need to praise you with everything we have. We need to communicate with you constantly. And we need to be seeking out those that don't know you, Father. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for who you are. Give us a courage. Give us a boldness. Give us an anointing on the things we say and the things we do, God. Let us be a light that shines out for the whole world to see, God. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for Orchardville Church. I I praise you and I thank you for the people that make up this church, God. This is not a building. This is a body of believers that goes outside of the walls, God, and, and lets people know that there's a hope in the midst of this craziness. And we can cling to that, God, and you can give us a peace that no one can comprehend, Father. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for that right now. I thank you for who you are and what you're doing and what you're going to do through us. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen, amen, amen. Woo! Do you love the Lord? You better. You better. Again, it's such a privilege and an honor to have not only my aunt and uncle with me from Knoxville, Tennessee, and my aunt spoke at the women's brunch yesterday, and I heard it was great. There'd be a lot more clapping if everybody would have came to it, but you know, the ones that were here said she gave a great and timely word on great expectations. It was decorated like a baby shower. They were all expecting, but expecting God to do great things. Amen. And they had a great time. I thank them for coming up for that and being here today. And my mom and dad and my sister and my niece are here as well, right there in the second row. So I'm feeling the pressure today. They watch online, but you know, having them here in the house is a little bit different. Um, so thankful my mom's here. You guys have prayed for her early in the year. Uh, and at that point, she didn't get around a lot. So for her to be sitting here with us this morning um, in Bama Level Worship and walk in here is a great, great thing that God's doing in her life. And I know she's thankful to be able to be here and worship the Lord in person with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the prayers for her. You ready to preach? I mean, for me to preach? (laughs) Guess preach every day as well. I'm not staying here. Who said good? I was afraid I'd get that. (laughs) I'll get to that in a second. You ornery people, you. I'm not staying here is the title this morning. Has anyone ever got to a point in your life and you were just like, oh, man. How did this happen? How did I get here? Why am I having to go through this at this point right now? And you look around and you notice that instead of of being on a mountaintop all the time, see there? 
You're in this middle spot right here and you're struggling. And maybe you've been there for a while, maybe you haven't been, but we all get in that valley part. All of us. I don't care if you want to try to deny it and say, nope, I just go mountaintop to mountaintop, mountaintop to mountaintop. (laughs) We all get down right inside here at one point or another in our lives. We're all going to face it, okay? And you may be overwhelmed by the outcome of some of the things in your life right now or this morning at this very moment, but I'm here to tell you that you can overcome the outcome with the help of God by your side. You don't have to stay where you're at. If you're in the midst of a valley this morning, God is already working on a way to bring you out of it if you're totally surrendered to him. You have to put your trust in him. Um, So some of you came to church this morning just based on my title maybe and said, Rick's leaving. Shame on you. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, I was going to, no, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do, I, was, I said something to Carlin and George, like, maybe I'll just walk off and make a funny out of it. And they said, no, I, I don't think I'd do that. And I said, okay, I won't. So sorry to disappoint you. This is not about me. This is about being in the valley and not staying there with God's help. So we're going to start in Psalm 37 this morning, verses three through five. And I should be done by 12. If we were overseas, they'd be disappointed, just to put it in perspective. I've heard you got to be able to preach for like four or five hours over there, because people walk so far to be there to hear the gospel. Something to think about. But really, I'm not going through till 12. (laughs) Psalm 37, verses 3 through 5 is where we will start. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Doesn't say the mountaintop. Doesn't say just the valley. It says in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Trust him and he will help you. So again, everyone's going to face valley experiences in their life and it may or may not last long. You may go through something and just like the next day you're out of it and you're thanking the Lord for getting you out of it. There may be some in here that have been in a valley for years. You've been sitting right there in the middle, struggling and struggling and struggling. But I want you to know that God is still with you. And in verse 25 of the same Psalm, David goes on to say, once I was young and now I am old. And then in verse 28, it says, the Lord will never abandon the godly. The Lord will never abandon the godly. And there's a lot of wisdom that we can take from these scriptures here this morning. David's looking back on his experiences in life, the good times, the bad times, the valley moments. And David had quite a few bad times. If you know the story of David, he went through a lot. And he learned some very important lessons in those valleys. And he's sharing his wisdom with us in these scriptures. And I'm also here to tell you that probably nobody in here enjoys the valley experiences. I am so glad I'm stuck down here struggling with this right now. It's fantastic. I see all you guys up there. Woo! I'm loving it down here. We don't enjoy it when we get in them, but we need to know that we're going to have them. You can't escape them. They're going to happen in life. 
Uh, David was a man after God's own heart. So that tells me that even though we're Christians, we will face trials. We will face struggles. But the difference is we have a great big God on our side that walks right with us, beside us, in it, through it, and he never leaves us. So we can be in these valleys, but we don't have to stay there. We do not have to stay there. If we will choose to pick ourselves up, we have a God that's walking right beside us and will help us along the way. He's not going to leave you there. He's not going to leave you there. He's not going to ask you to do it on your own. And he'll make a way where there seems to be no way when we put our trust in him and know that he's going to do that and believe that he's going to do that. Um, he may have to drag you kicking and screaming sometimes out of there. He may have to pick you up and carry you through those moments. I love that. You don't know how he's doing it, but I just feel like I'm held right now and I can get through this because God's got me. He's got me. And again, some valleys last longer than other ones, but you can make it out if you'll trust in God. David had some valley moments. Joseph, when you think about his story, he had some valley moments. Moses, some valley moments. And all throughout the Bible, you can find people, godly people that were going through some difficult times. And another key that we need to remember this morning is when you get in those valleys, do not forget to sincerely seek God. I don't know what it is, or why we do it, but when things go bad for us, when we start struggling with things, the last thing we do is seek the one that can get us out of it. We wallow in it, we think about it constantly, we put our focus on it, and all the time we've got a great big God who wants to be right beside us, helping us through it. So we've got to sincerely seek God in the middle of it when we get in him. And if we're not seeking him during the difficult times of life, we are in a very dangerous place. If I'm in this valley and I'm struggling, something in life comes up and I'm struggling and I'm not seeking the Lord, that is a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Because you're in danger of getting stuck in the valley and you will never come out if you're not seeking God in the midst of it. They're not meant to be permanent places for us as believers. You guys understand that? We, we're gonna go through them, we're gonna be in them, but that's not a permanent place for us to stay. God can deliver us out, will deliver us out. So in those moments, we don't need to run away from God. We, we need to run towards him in the middle of it. Many people lose out on their God-given destiny and purpose because they let the calling in their life die in those valleys. I know what God's asked me to do. I know what he's called me to do. But man, life has just beat me up. And their vision and their calling dies right there. And they never walk in it again. Again, a dangerous place to be. They lose vision, become depressed. Anybody been depressed in here? I'll throw up two hands on that one. Okay, become discouraged because they lost sight of God in the midst of the pain. Can't do that. Here's something else for this morning. It doesn't matter if you caused yourself to get in the valley or somebody else did. That, that doesn't even really matter. What matters is how you respond in the midst of the valley. It doesn't matter how you got there, it's how you respond when you get there. Yeah. Am I going to just sit here and be down and think my life is over, or am I going to respond in a way where I know God is faithful, and I've got a great big God that will deliver me out of this? Yeah. How we respond in those is what's important, that he's in control, he's still there with you to help you get out of it. Um, in these valley moments, I can sit in this agony and feel sorry for myself, or... 
I can get up. It's real easy to sit here when things aren't going well. Oh, goodness. My life sucks. It's never going to get any better. And I can keep telling me those, th- telling myself those things and just filling my mind with those things or I can get up. Yep. I don't understand what's going on right now, but I know God does. I don't understand why I can't find some peace, but I know the one who supplies it. I don't know why, you know, this stuff is happening. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to rely on him to get me through it. I don't understand why this had to happen and why this, this person had to get sick. I don't understand that, but I know God's the healer. I know that this didn't work out like I thought it would, but his ways are higher than mine, so I'm going to keep trusting God. And the more I keep telling myself about who God is and remind myself of who he is, before you know it, you're walking out of the valley with God on your side. And you don't stay in that place. We trust him. We trust his character. We trust who he says he is. And when he says move, we move. I don't want to hang back in something that's not meant for me to stay in. I hope nobody else would want to do that either. I don't want to stay there. And sometimes when we're in the midst of a valley, we need the right word at the right moment. Anybody got that before? Like whether through somebody else or through God, like right when you were in the middle of it, God gave you a word and you're like, whoa, yes, I'm coming out. I'm going up to that next mountaintop. We need those right moments. We need those right words. Uh, There's people in the church right now experiencing dreams from God, like dreams, visions, things happening, words being confirmed, and that's awesome. When God starts speaking through you and to you and stuff like that. Um, I I hadn't even told Sarah this. I messaged one of my old classmates from a few years ago, uh, back in high school, and I said, I don't know why, but... I'm, I'm, you were on my mind. I'm supposed to pray for you today. So I'm praying for you if you need the prayers. If you don't, you got prayed for anyway. And they message back later that afternoon and say, and they say this, you're not going to believe this. Well, actually you will. I was just thinking this morning as I was getting ready that I need to reach out to Rick and ask him some questions about some stuff. And I was like, why am I surprised? Because that's how God does things. I reached out the moment that she was thinking about reaching out to me and sent a message that I'm praying for you because God brought you to my mind. And then God confirms it when she writes back and says, I was going to reach out to you and I will in a few days once I get some confirmation on some things. That's how God works. And he wants to work that way in us, but we have to be obedient to listening to his voice. I could have been like, what in the world? I haven't seen that person in 30 years almost. Or I can say, okay, Lord, whatever it is, I'm going to take it to you right now and we're going to pray. And he confirms those things. Whew, that's good. And it makes you happy and excited that God's still moving, God's still working. And sometimes we need that right word at the right moment. And this morning I want to talk about that right word and the promise that is found in it. And we're going to look at the Emmanuel promise. And there's a lot of people here this morning and watching online that, that you may watch this back later through the week. And you need this word that we're about to go over. You need this promise that we're going to go through right here. And you need to remember this promise. Or you maybe need to believe in this promise again in the midst of what you're going through. Trust this promise again. 
And, and for me, it's easy to remember the promises of God when things are going well. Like somebody comes down and gets saved or I pray and, and God works and we see people get healed and all those kind of things are happening. It's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, God, this is awesome. I remember all your promises. Look what's happening. But when those moments when things are not going well in your life and you're struggling and you're hurting, it's so hard to remember the same promises that you were clinging to when everything was going great. It's more difficult in the middle of it. And sometimes we get to these places where it's hard to feel that God is with us. It's difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. No, if you're not a Christian in here and you become saved, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect for you. You need to know that up front. Hopefully that doesn't change your mind. Because now you have a big, powerful God on your side to help you in those things. And you don't walk through stuff alone. But there's times in life that are tough and it sometimes feels like that God's a mile, miles and miles away from you. And right in the middle of what you're going through, it's tough to see things with the right perspective. I just can't see it. I can't see it. And we know the Bible says that God's with us, but in those difficult times, here's another vulnerable moment, I don't always feel that. I may get reprimanded after all this, but I'm just being real. And that's one of the things that's helped me through life is just to be real with people. Amen. That sometimes I don't feel like God's with me. When I go through some hard stuff, sometimes I know he is, but I don't feel like it all the time. When you're right in the middle of something and, and sometimes you don't even feel like you have your friends or your family members by your side. You feel like you're all alone. You're broken. You're hurting. And sometimes it's everything you have just to roll over out of bed and get up. Because you're struggling. I've been there. I want to go to Matthew chapter 1. And this passage here is from the vantage point of Joseph and the birth of Jesus. And, and, is, and this is where we're going to look at some Emmanuel promise. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. We'll start there. Everybody, most everybody knows this story. But I want to bring this promise out of it. Verse 18, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin... She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did, want, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. I'm going to stop there for a minute. Let's think about how Joseph is, is feeling in this moment. His marriage has been arranged. He's falling in love with Mary. She's a beautiful, kind, godly woman. He knows what he, that he's going to spend the rest of his life with her. And one day he goes to her home to talk to her and he finds out that she is pregnant. So what do you think's going through his mind in that moment? Let's put myself in his shoes. Sarah and I are dating. Let's go way back. And I'm using all my awesome one-liners on her. 
I think I looked them up like before I get to her house and use one. Is she knew they were cheesy, but she liked them. And I'm and I'm and I come up on her house one day. We've been dating, and no hanky panky's been going on, and she's pregnant. Now, if I was Joseph in this story, I'd be pretty angry. I would be upset. I would wonder, what in the world have you done? You know, I've done everything in my life to be faithful to to my future wife. And Mary did not return the favor to me. And if I was him, I'd be upset. I'd be angry. I'd want to know who this other guy was that she'd been sleeping with. And he's dealing with his anger. And I'm sure he also had a ton of shame that he fell Um, felt on top of that not only did she cheat on me but I got shame now and Joseph and Mary they lived in a in a a culture that's somewhat foreign to us as as Americans now they lived in an honor and shame culture and in this kind of culture you want to honor and you want to avoid shame and the way you gain honor was mainly in respecting the traditions of your family and holding those same value systems for your own life So you always wanted to make decisions that were best for the group and not necessarily for yourself. Okay? Listen to that, church. You want to make decisions back in those days that, that were best for the group, not for yourself. What are we trying to accomplish as a church? We're doing as a group. Not something that so-and-so wants over the group. Okay. I figured that go over like that. We're in this together. We have the same goal. And little hiccups along the way should not deter us from the mission of the church. All right. So you always, again, wanted to make decisions that were best for the group and not necessarily the individual. That is how you maintained honor back then. So what he's dealing with in his mind is that Mary has just brought shame upon herself and her family and now on Joseph's family. And this is something in those times you wanted to avoid at all costs. So Joseph has anger to deal with. He's got the shame to deal with. And to top it off, he's dealing with something else. Go to Deuteronomy. He's got all this going. He's down in this valley. Quickly, he just fell right down the mountain. Anger, shame, Here's something else that he's got to deal with. Deuteronomy 22, verses 23 and 24 says this. Suppose a man meets a young woman, a virgin who is engaged to be married, and he has sexual intercourse with her. If this happens within a town, you must take both of them to the gates of that town and stone them to death. So Mary, according to the Old Testament, should be dying. You should die. And all this is going through the, the heart and mind of Joseph, and he's dealing with losing his honor, the shattering of his dreams. Everything's falling apart. His future wife has cheated on him. There's scandal now. There's going to be a breakup, anger towards another guy, and the thoughts of, should I pursue Mary being stoned to death? All of this. Ah! He's in it. He's in it. In the lowest part of the valley. 
And if someone came to me with this story in my office over there and kind of laid stuff out like this, I'd be like, dude, this is bad. This is bad for you. Yeah, it's bad. And here's what is so awesome about this passage of scripture in Matthew. This is the precise moment that Matthew gives Joseph and us the Emmanuel promise of God with us. He doesn't say, man, this is bad. This is bad for you. He doesn't say, you need help. He delivers one of the greatest promises in the Bible in the middle of one of the greatest messes or valleys in the Bible. Matthew 1, let's pick it up in verses 20 through 23. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And Matthew shows us this promise in the middle of this mess. And what he's showing us is it's not that God would, would be with Joseph once it was over. He's with him right then, right in the middle of it. So whatever you're going through right now and you're in a valley, God's in the middle of it. He's with you right in the middle. Not after you get through it, right in the middle of it. And he's not waiting on Joseph to believe the angel. You know, you know Joseph, after you believe this, well, what I'm saying here um, and what Mary says is true, then God's gonna be with you. You'll get through this and then he'll be with you. No, God's right there with Joseph right in the middle of this dark, lonely valley of what he's feeling. And with us, and with us God, the with us God who we serve inhabits the in it moments that we go through. He is right there. No, I'm in the middle of this difficult season, God. And I don't know how I'm going to get out. I don't know how I ended up here. But in the middle of that, God is right there inhabiting that place. And what a great promise for us today to know that no matter how hard it gets, no matter how deep that valley is, in the middle of it, God is with us. He's with us. And this morning, as I, as I look around this sanctuary, my guess would be that a lot of you guys in here have some things in life that are going really, 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 really well for you right now. And that's great. That is awesome. But I also know that everybody in here probably has at least one thing that isn't going that great. Whether you want to admit that or not, all of us are probably dealing with at least one thing that isn't going so great. You know, maybe your marriage is fine, but your kids aren't. Maybe your life is great, but your marriage is not. Maybe your kids are fine, but your health isn't. Maybe your health is fine, but your finances are a wreck. Maybe your finances are fine, but your friendships are not. Every one of us in here, if we'd be honest, are dealing with something that just isn't going the best that isn't going well. And the Emmanuel promise this morning is saying that God is in the middle of it with you. 
He is right there with you. He's not waiting for you to get it all right. He's not waiting for everything to be perfect for you. He's saying, I I see what you're going through, Rick. I see what you're going through, so-and-so, and I'm right there. And that's such an assurance and a confidence that we can have in God that as I go through it, he is with me. He is with me. He is with me. Right in the middle of what I'm dealing with, And I can confidently say, when I put my trust in surrendering everything to him in the midst of that valley, that I know he's going to bring me out of it. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be the next day, but he will bring you out. If our praise team would come back up. I want to hit a couple more scriptures as I close. Isaiah 43 in parts of two and five in that. Verse two says, when you go through deep waters, what's it say after that? I will be with you. And then verse five starts out, do not be afraid for I am with you. And I think we sang about some of this stuff today and me and Carlin didn't get together on that. That's how God works. I wish sometimes scriptures would say something different. Like I wish this would possibly say that I will be with you as you go around those deep waters. I will be with you as you go over those deep waters. But it says he will be with us through them. So that means we go through stuff. There's no way around it sometimes. But it's not, to, it's not a place to remain, it's a place to find rest. That I know this is a bad season of my life, I know it's difficult right now, but I can still rest in the arms of God because he's with me. He's got me. And he's the God that will see us through. Through. Through doesn't... You know, a while back I did one on camping out and I had a tent up here. Through means I don't, I don't stay there. I'm always moving through it with God leading the way. And that's a choice that we make. If we know God's for us and not against us and he's on our side, then we make that choice to get up and let's get through this, God. You've done it before. I know you can do it again. How many have seen God move in your life before? How many of you know he can do it again? Make it personal this morning as you stand. God, right now I'm going through this. God, right now I'm going through that. God, right now, here's what I'm dealing with. And then listen, as you come up to this altar, if you're in the middle of something right now, please, please, please don't sit in your seat and stay in that place. As you get up and walk, guess who's walking right with you? God. So insert whatever it is, God, I'm in this season, this is what I'm dealing with, and then also follow that up with, I know you're with me in the middle of this. So I'm putting my trust in you to get me out of this valley because I don't want to stay here. I don't want to stay here. As we sing and worship, 
you'll bow your heads right now. And I want you to be totally honest with yourself. For weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, for whatever reason, maybe it's COVID, maybe whatever, we don't see the altars full. And I know, I know, I know, I know people are dealing with stuff. You're struggling, you're in difficult times. It takes some courage to get from your seat to the altar. But the altar is a place of sacrifice. It's a place of surrender. Saying, God, I know I can't do this on my own. And I want to believe and I want to put down in my heart that you are with me getting me through this. I surrender it to you. God, I don't want to worry about it anymore. I don't want to live in fear of what's going to happen. You are with me. You are with me and you will take care of me in the midst of this. So Father, right now we come to you and we thank you that you are with us, that Emmanuel promised God with us. So right in the middle of those valleys, right in the middle of those hard times, you are with us. And Father, I pray right now as people come to this altar and give things to you, Father, and ask you to step into whatever they're dealing with, that they are reminded that you are with them right here, right now, lifting them up and helping them not stay where they are. Lord, I thank you for that right now as we worship and sing. Father, I pray that hearts surrender to you and things that we're going through get surrendered as well, God, and we understand that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Where